Welcome to Anturia Diaries Prequel Stories, written and narrated by Heather Lynn McMillan and copyright 2022. Content warning. The Anturia Diaries prequel stories consistently feature themes of graphic violence, profanity, controversial topics, and sexual content. As such, these podcasts are not suitable for listeners under the age of 18. Some episodes also contain more specific themes which may be triggering. These episodes will feature further content warnings in the notes. Please take care of yourself and don't hesitate to ask for help if you need it. the teens and Justin Dax there on Belia Island to work on the Porta Segreta and keep the human population moving off the island as they appeared from Earth onto Anturia. Emperor Dax had no interest in dealing with this problem at all. He largely seemed to ignore anything that happened on our continent or the island surrounding it, including Belia Island. I heard from Dalvia that they were busying themselves with setting up spaceports and starting trade with neighboring systems and planets. The technologically advanced humans were more interested in making money than finding a way to live peacefully and happily. Meanwhile, this meant our numbers continued to increase at an overwhelming rate on Landorus. Humans now outnumbered us two to one. I suspected that most of our kind left Tuck Duran and Emperor Dax's reign if they could, so the numbers over there were probably more skewed toward ten to one in favor of humans. I did hear rumors that some of our kind left Tuck Duran, and some were enslaved there and unable to escape. This broke my heart, but given the other problems at hand, not something I could act upon yet. We arrived back in Tethia to find a very changed community. While we were too far north and would not be hit as hard as the southern communities of Landorus with the influx of humans, I was amazed as we rode in our capsule through the community at the number of humans I saw working and living around Tethia already. I knew from this point forward that nothing would ever be the same on Anturia again. But I also knew I had to find a way to make this world work for all of us. Once I got home, Dalphia, who now lived with me, came over to bring me a cup of tea while we sat at the table going over the notes on our tablets of all the happenings around Landorus. Dalphia began reading one message aloud to me while I took my first sip of tea. We have news from a weir that the council in Cheljevelglen has decided to close the community down to outsiders permanently. They will not permit anyone into the city who has not already established residency there. They are fortifying in case humans decide to turn and attack them, as they are doing in some of the communities to the south. I frowned and swallowed my tea. I cannot say I'm surprised, but this very much saddens me. I'm not sure that shutting ourselves off is a solution. Daphia sipped her tea and added, If Tethia were to come under attack by humans, though, I would think we would need to shut them out as well in order to preserve ourselves. That notion never crossed my mind, so when Dalphia mentioned the possibility of genocide or extermination of the Tilwith Teg in its entirety on Anturia, the thoughts oppressed me where I felt like my chest would flatten from 
the weight of it as I pondered her words. Do you think it will happen here? I tried to sound casual as I asked her, even though I could feel my heart racing. She reached out her hand to mine and grasped it firmly. She knew me too well to know what I was feeling. No, because of your laws here, we have made a peaceful place for them to live. They are thriving and happy in Tethia. The communities like Chel de Velglen and Thantos, who is also closed off to outsiders, were oppressive to the humans and certainly prejudiced against them from the beginning. They passed many laws either excluding humans or marking them as something inferior to themselves. They had to close off their communities because of the poor decisions they made. I exhaled. I hope you're right. Still... I suppose we should plan for the worst-case scenarios with the council. I'd hate to be surprised. Dalphia stood and stretched, not wanting to sit any longer after our long capsule rides back here to Tethia. I agree. We should have plans for every conceivable outcome. Regardless of what we do, though, I believe our biggest threat will come from these humans that have taken over Tuck Durin. They will run out of space eventually. They will run out of natural resources eventually. They will realize what Belia Island is exactly and want to control it for their gain and use. My spies tell me that they are the worst of sentient beings. Not all of them, mind you, but the ones in charge. She walked back and forth across the kitchen, bending her knees and rotating her ankles as if to work out the kinks in them, and she continued. I have a network building there, she smiled sweetly at me. Of course you do. I smiled back at her. Dalphia was always proactive with these things, and she understood the importance of having as much information as possible to make the best decisions available. She was also excellent at putting in infiltration networks. I knew once Emperor Dax had affronted her at the end of our civil war that she would be out to get him in some way. Dalphia would be determined to take Emperor Dax down, no matter what it took for the way he treated her like a coin that he could barter for his conditions and schemes. It ruffled her feathers considerably. My network consists of some Tilwith Teg, but mostly modern, technologically advanced humans who are more open-minded and envision a different world here on Anturia. Not just here, but on their own home planet of Earth, which I'm told suffers a terrible fate in its later days. She kept pacing back and forth in the kitchen while talking to me and finally telling me all the secret things she had been up to lately that had kept her mind very preoccupied. I'm starting to formulate some ideas for us once the Porta Segreta is stopped and then possibly fixed. Once I get some more concrete thoughts around it, I will share them with you to see what you think before we present it to the council. It will involve us working directly with humans instead of just ourselves. We will have to integrate for any success to be obtained fully. A large-scale project indeed, I remarked as I lifted an eyebrow at her. Right now we're just learning how to adjust living together over here, and you're already talking about us reaching across the table and working together on a common goal in unity. I chuckled a little bit. You are thinking big picture. I had to admire her ability to see further down the road than now. I never claimed to be extraordinarily clever, but I did prize myself in being able to surround myself with the people who were wise in the areas I was not, so they could advise me and lead me to the best decisions for Anturians that I have always represented. I was about to ask if her plans involved more war or combat when a knock at my door interrupted us. Dalphia went to open the door, and I saw her whispering to someone there. The door closed again, and Dalphia came back to me. Well, I'm told there are representatives from Tilwith Teg communities all over Anturia. 
here in Tethia and wanting an immediate audience with you. There are also some Tilwith Teg here that just escaped from Tuck Duran who wish for the same. She fastened some weapons inside her clothing. I suggest we go and meet them to avoid a mass frenzy. Agreed, I said, standing up after I took my last sip of tea. Let's go. We entered the council chambers, and I peeked at a camera that viewed the inside of the main chamber room where everyone had to gather. The noise in there was deafening as Anturians chatted with each other about what was going on in their communities, the problems of the humans, the problems of still some renegade rebels popping up in hiding causing mischief, and the central issue of overcrowding that was now occurring with the influx of humans who were breeding like prairie rabbits. I listened for a few moments as Dalvia adorned me with my council cape and stole. She lifted my hair, tucked the stole underneath, and then brushed some lint off the shoulders of my cloak. There, you look presentable. Thanks, I think. I smirked at her and then took a breath in. I would like to handle this by a brief introduction of me and then listening to them in order of their arrival here so I can address their concerns. This way, no one feels slighted or less important as it centers on arrival time here and not by community, race, subrace, etc. Good thinking, Dalphia added. The entire day was exhausting. I listened to Anturian after Anturian, describing how their lives were altered from the Civil War and then made even worse by the presence of humans. Over 90% of the complaints seemed to reference how unevolved humans were, regardless of what time on Earth they lived previously. They were all brutal and unruly and did not adhere to the superior qualities of our evolved society. I listened without interrupting each one, but as I listened, I realized more and more what lies we Anturians had lived on for so many centuries. I knew about the secrets of Thantos now. I knew about the renegades in the plains of Juroi now. And most importantly, I was beginning to understand what happened to Kyla Marie, even though we had uncovered nothing definitive yet. Secrecy and lies. Our lives in Anturia before humans had been nothing but secrecy and lies. Our lives were a falsehood. The thought of it nearly crippled me as I spent the day listening and processing all that was happening around me. We were as vicious as the humans, in some cases, maybe more so. We got to the point in our society where we pretended that we weren't doing anything barbaric. We lied to ourselves so well for so long. It's like when a pathological liar lies so much that eventually the liar believes all of the lies told and could pass the most rigorous truth-telling test. And now the humans occupying Tukduran were creating more secrecy and lies in their world. Here we were, two continents divided by species, but both living lies. I couldn't be responsible for the Tuck Duran side right now, but I knew my responsibility was to get Landorus on the right track. To do this, I was going to have to find a way to make Anturians wake up and see that we, the Tilwith Teg, are just like the humans, or the humans are just like us, however you want to word that. Earthlings and Anturians have great qualities of compassion, 
creativity and knowledge. Both also make mistakes and have tragic weaknesses. As Anturian after Anturian vented to me during the day, these thoughts kept bouncing around in my mind. The question was, how was I going to show Anturians our crimes against each other? How was I to convince them that we were just as guilty of being barbaric as humans? At the end of the day, I thanked everyone for coming. I offered everyone who gathered a full meal and the kindest of hospitalities. And then I retired to my home with Dalphia. She stared at me all evening through dinner, but did not speak. Finally, it was sunset, and we were sitting in the living area. I was staring out the dark window that overlooked the garden, the garden that was now in full bloom, including many of the plants that Athenan and I had planted so long ago. Dalvia was at a desk, going over papers. Suddenly, her papers dropped to the desk, and she turned to face me. I could tell that you've been processing all day, so I haven't wanted to interrupt you. I can see that you are still in deep thoughts, but I'm here when you're ready to sound things out, she said calmly and in a kind and patient tone. My gaze stayed on the darkened window while she spoke, and I smiled softly, waiting for her to finish what she wanted to say. Thank you, Dalphia. As usual, you know me better than anyone else. I have been processing all I heard today through the lens of the things that I have become awakened to in the last several months, including the plight of your parents, Kyla, those in Duroy, those in Thantos, and so many others. I looked away from the window toward her as she got up from her desk and moved over to sit next to me on the couch. I continued, I listened to all of our people and their problems today, and I realized how bad we had gotten that we do not even see that we've committed the same crimes they lay against humans for bringing into this world. It's as if they believe sin never existed until humans arrived. I sighed. I know part of my job will be to show them that they have been marred with these same sins and crimes as the humans long before humans arrived. I have to do it in a gentle way that doesn't make them turn on me. Yet, I have to do it in a way that is shocking enough to exact a change in their lives. It's quite a delicate balance, and I'm not sure how to pull it off and make them believe the truth. We have made ourselves so blind to the truth. Dalphia looked thoughtful as I spoke, but never interrupted me. When I finished, she bit her bottom lip gently. I knew her well enough to know that meant she wanted to suggest something that may or may not work in her own mind. With Dalphia, though, those things always ended up working. Tell me, I said in almost a pleading voice. I think... When I reach out to my parents to check on Kyla tomorrow, I should also see about asking the community of Jeroy to come here and speak publicly. Anturians will never believe their crimes against our kind unless they hear it directly from the people to whom the injustices were committed. Then there would be no way to refute what we've done, as they will be staring them in the face in the form of living beings." The only problem is I don't know if those of Deroy are ready for this step. 
if they've forgiven society for the crimes against them. I let her suggestion roll around my mind a moment. Dalphia, what a brilliant idea. If we can convince them to come here and stand up and speak the truth of what happened to them, we could let as many speak that wish to tell their story and stand up in front of all the Anturians gathered here. Dalphia nodded. I'm just not sure how many will want to do so, Bryn. So don't get your hopes up too high. It was hope, though. And hope can plow through the worst of times with the promise of the best of times. Hope was enough to keep me going. Hope was all I had right now. listening to Season 1, Episode 12, A Tale of Two Continents, from the Anturia Diaries Prequel Stories Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast through your favorite podcast subscription apps or at anturia.org. Season 1, Episode 13, The Council of the Wise, resumes with the forming of a newly structured council for Anturians, and more updates arrive from the Porta Sagrata. Stay tuned! Anturia Diaries Prequel Stories Podcast are copyright 2022 by Heather Lynn McMillan. All rights reserved. No part of these stories may be reproduced in any form or by an electronic or mechanical means, including information storage and retrieval systems, without permission in writing from the author. Disclaimer, this is a work of fiction. Names, characters, places, and incidents either are the product of the author's imagination or are used fictitiously. Any resemblance to actual persons, living or dead, events, or locales is entirely coincidental. (laughs) 